This episode of UK Low Carb Podcast is sponsored by Deliciously Guilt Free. Enjoy the show. Welcome to UK Low Carb. This is a podcast where we generally share individual stories and today is no different because I'm going to share my own story. Um, Now last week I was talking, if you haven't checked out last week's episode, I was talking a bit about The Chimp Paradox, um, which is a book by Professor Steve Peters and it was just going through the reasons that we overeat um, and his four reasons for why we overeat and I was explaining those. But then I was also... Um, adding a bit of context to that and saying, you know, that's his opinion, but I actually want to make that relatable to my experiences of carbohydrates, sugar and food addiction. So if you haven't heard that, go and hear that one. This is a little series, really. So that's just the first episode. I've got more series uh, episodes to come. So today I'm going to be talking about how we manage social situations now, this series is very much my viewpoint. So, as I said last week, I am not somebody who is an expert in anything apart from what I know. And that is me, my story, um, the people around me I know, my experiences and what I've seen. So, you can take this with a pinch of salt. Um, you might be able to relate to it. You might be able to, um, you know, see yourself in the scenes I paint uh, and the stories that I describe. If that's the case, brilliant. Uh, If not, that's okay too, because it's not about trying to convince anyone of anything. It's just being honest and sharing and being vulnerable too, because I think that is probably the most empowerful thing you can do when it comes to facing some of these challenges. So if you do want to be part of the conversation, go to UK Low Carb uh, on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. And um, it'd be good to hear from you because I know that we have many, many people who do actually post uh, about the podcast, which is great. And um, yeah, it's always good to hear from people and what they think about the show, especially because it does relate to them as well. Um, Anyway, so let's just go into um, the sort of topic today, which is about social situations. I'm going to start with a post that was written by Sarah in the UK Low Carb uh, Facebook group. Um, and I think this is such a good post. It kind of relates to um, exactly this situation. So she said the following, I am new to keto, started 2nd of January. It's amazing. Might be a bit psychosomatic, but I have more energy. I've lost weight and my brain fog is less. Yeah, this is what I think most of us sort of feel when we start keto. It can be um, a very quick set of results. I find that when I've not done keto and I get back into it, Within the first week, I can see a difference in so many different aspects of my life, um, body size. Um, you know, I don't really weigh myself, but I can see my composition has changed. I can see that um, I'm looking, you know, a little bit less pushed and squeezed into my outfits, um, for sure. Right, she says, um, I love your podcast, super interesting and helpful. Just been listening tonight and I'm starting to think it's a lifestyle choice rather than a short-term diet. My only concern is those occasions when you can't avoid carbs. I've been invited to a six-course tasting menu in the evening, which I normally love, but really don't know how to manage that um, because it won't be keto. 
P.S. I've just made the first bakery in wrap order. I was going to wait until my birthday in Feb, but I couldn't. So thank you so much, Sarah. That was uh, written two weeks ago uh, in the Facebook group. And it just made me think. I did ask if I could share that, so she's happy for me to do so. But it made me think about these social situations we find ourselves in, because I think it is something that we can all relate to. Keto is and low carb can be in a little bubble of your life very easy. So if you've got your home environment sorted out, and I did talk about this last week, I said if your home environment is conducive to low carb, it's going to be easier for you. And I really stand by that. It really is. But of course, we know the world doesn't work that way and you have to leave your house. <laughs> well, I hope you do. Um, you've got to go and socialise with other people. There are times when, just like Sarah, you have meals out and about. So it got me thinking, and I thought it'd be a really useful episode to uh, talk about that and just to reflect a bit more on how it is we can manage the outside world. Um, because, yeah, it, this is probably the area that I fall down on my face the most, and I'm going to reflect on why that is. And um, and also, like Sarah said there, you know, I agree, this is a lifestyle choice. So, you know, if it's a, if it's a short-term diet then maybe it wouldn't matter so much. But if this is a lifestyle choice, then you've got to find ways to adapt. You can't, um, you know, you can't just think it's going to be a little period of dieting, then you stop, then you carry on dieting, then you stop, because keto doesn't work like that. I think it'll work for many areas of your of your life. It'll make you feel healthier. It'll keep you uh, probably more to what you should be, which is a healthier person, confident in who you are. So for that reason, I'm going to go through this now. So let's break this down. So um, I recently had uh, a situation happen to me. So my birthday is in late January. And from uh, New Year's Day, in fact, from just after Christmas, I was really, really strict on keto and low carb. Um, And then it got to, and this is, okay, I'm I'm embarrassed saying these stories. But you know what? Even Superman has kryptonite, right? I, I think that too often in modern society, we hear about people who are perfect, who have got all the answers and, you know, celebrities and people who we look up to um, are just somehow like superhuman. Well, nonsense. I'm calling that out on myself. I'm not perfect. I mess up all the time, believe me. And um, we can talk about why that is today. So my birthday is at the end of January. And I know full well that I'm the sort of person that if I um, have carbs, then I'm in a spiral. Now, you might not be. It doesn't mean that everyone is like that. That's just me. So the question I've got for you is, do you spiral when you eat carbs after not eating them for a long time? Or can you have a one-off? And I think that's a really important question for you to reflect on. If for you it's a case you can have a one-off and then get back into it again, fantastic. If you're someone like me, though, who spirals as soon as you do have the one-off, and the one-off comes two, three, four, five, six offs and then a week off and then a month off and then a year off then you know this is probably more relatable to you and uh, and those people who just have the one-offs and you're fine I'm really envious of you okay so I just want to put that out there now so it's my birthday and somebody very kindly uh, as a gift um, knowing that I'm a foodie they bought uh, a cheese selection and uh, three different types of biscuits now, the cheese itself, I love cheese, very happy with that. The biscuits, I thought, I've done so well, don't eat the biscuits, um, you know, just don't do it to yourself. And sat down with everyone, everyone was eating the cheese and biscuits, 
Um, and I could hear the crunching. I, I was just getting fixated on these biscuits, thinking I want to have one of these crackers with my cheese. So I did that thing where I kind of said to myself, oh, you know, it was a birthday present. They're my crackers because they're being given to me. Ridiculous, but that's what I thought. Um, what's the harm in just literally having a few crackers? So I did, and I enjoyed them. I then found that afternoon I was going back to the fridge and this was yeah, at work and I thought I'm going to get some crackers. I'm going to I'm going to eat some more cheese and crackers and I did and the next day I was eating some more thinking well I treat myself like a bin almost like well they're there so they're mine and I might as well use them up which I did and then I found myself saying oh, and it's it's embarrassing but you know it happened so readily with me I think to myself well if I've done it this week then it's your birthday weekend, just go and have some carbs on the weekend, you know, what's wrong with a bit of potato with your meal or whatever, Um, have some chips, you know, you don't do it very often, it's your birthday, why not? Well, that was two weeks ago now, and I've had carbs on and off, and and it's ridiculous, I can't do it, I'm spiralling, and the the root cause to that was, well, not the cause, but the, the scene where that happened, my birthday biscuit moment, I can pinpoint that and go, no, that that was that was the time when I should have made a better choice. And I'm responsible for that. I am responsible for that. And next time, that's something I'm going to reflect and learn on. I'm not going to beat myself up about it either, but I am going to reflect and learn on it because this is a pattern that I've been in before. I know this is how I work. I know it's also how I get in trouble. So I'm just going to have to be honest on that one. So that's the sort of social situation where... I know starting off that I can't cross that line because if I do, then it's going to be sort of race to the bottom for me. Other people, on the other hand, um, yeah, they they don't feel that way. They have one-offs and they say, well, I've had my one-off now and I'm back to normal. I'm just going to go back into it. Great. I'm really pleased with them. And if that's you, fantastic. For me, it's not. So I just have to be really careful and just realise that the one becomes the, the 16. So I can't have that one time. Now, that's one situation where very much I feel like that was an intrinsic choice. Sometimes there are very much extrinsic pressures on us. And I think this is different and I think it's important to reflect on. Um, And I will come back to reflect on those in more detail in a moment anyway. But I'm sure you probably know people like this, feeders in your life. Um, The feeders in your life are the people who... um, they have an emotional uh, connection with other people by feeding them. And they, you know, they quite often show their love that way. Partners can be like this, sometimes parents, um, maybe your children or grandchildren. I don't know, you know, it depends how old you're, you are in relation to your family. But feeders are people who might push you or put a bit of pressure just to eat that food. And I found this really hard because this is now where I'm going to reflect on me part of me is being a people pleaser which by the way I've learned the hard way it doesn't please anyone so it's pointless but it's it's just like a mode that I tend to fall into and I've got to be very careful of that sometimes and think hang on a minute I, I will sometimes cut my nose off to spite my face just if it helps somebody else and what I've realized is sometimes some certain types of characters really do latch onto that and then they do well from that experience and I don't 
um, and they don't appreciate it. And actually, it makes it kind of assumed that's going to happen next time. So you've got to be really careful here. But there are some feeders that I know in my life, and I have to just be very careful and realize, okay, I get to choose what I put in my mouth, not them. If I say no, and I think they're going to be offended, well, I don't know how offended you can really be by not putting food in somebody else's mouth. But I'm sorry, that's the line again. And I think having boundaries and lines is actually really important. And this is something I'm, I'm talking about um, what I try to be. I don't always get it right, but this is what I try to be. So I'm not saying this is an expert. I'm saying this is someone who's on the journey with you. And I know what it feels like. I try to think they are a feeder, but I am somebody who doesn't eat carbohydrate and sugar. So because I don't eat carbohydrate and sugar, I can't allow them to fulfill their emotional need through being a feeder they could do other things but i get to choose what i do you know it's a self-harm principle isn't it of js mill really going back to a bit of philosophy from the uh, 18th century or 19th century where he was saying that you know you can do whatever you like in life but if it kind of crosses over and harms somebody else that's not acceptable and i think it's good to realize that there's boundaries for us and if it's going to harm us and if i know myself really well and i know that i'm going to be a spiral type person or even if i know it's a one off but it's it's not my choice i'm sorry but that's the line and i think you just have to be hard and fast on that and i've actually realized people aren't as offended as maybe you might feel sometimes you think that by saying no to somebody by standing your ground they're going to be really upset but they're not really going to be that upset. And if it is a case that that's how they show their emotional affection, maybe they need to learn to show it in other ways. If it's food, that's not really your problem. That's their problem. And just remember it's their problem. And don't make it your problem by letting that boundary kind of push back a bit too far. And then you find yourself in trouble. And I think it's just going to be something to practice. And practice will make it easier. But of course, I don't know about you and your life. I don't know who's in your life who might be a feeder. If there is somebody and it's very close to you, that might be easier said than done. But I just think it's important to realise that you are autonomous, that you're in charge. You might not feel that way always, but you are. And just remember that the power's in your hands to say no thank you. And, and be as polite as you can be, of course, that the power is in your hands. Now, if you are people, please, if you're too agreeable, it's something I'd suggest, like me, I've, I've definitely been thinking about this, to not be. And, you know, there are some times, I think the thing about Bessemer I love uh, in our relationship, well, it's many things, but one of the things I love is that she will be my mirror and she'll reflect back to me what's going on. And then she'll say, well, what, why'd you do that? And, and she actually said recently an example about something that, you know, none of you would know about, but... She talked about a situation and she said, well, why do you think that person did that? And I said, oh, I don't know, but, you know, made up all these reasons. She said, well, you wouldn't have done that in that situation. I said, oh, no, I would never have done that to them because that's really not acceptable behaviour for me. She said, well, why don't you expect that from other people? I was like, oh, yeah, true. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's important to think sometimes if we are too, if we're too flexible to other people's opinions and views, we can sometimes get ourselves in trouble. And I think if you are a people pleaser, it's something to reflect on and to think, is that really healthy? Because I think quite often we have the fulcrum of control, either internally or externally. So I mentioned those words intrinsic and extrinsic. So intrinsic is when you choose because it's what you want. And extrinsic is based more on the outside pressures, the people around you, the social pressures, other people's choices and their values. Now, of course, 
in life, extrinsic pressures are fine. You have a, a boss, most of us. Uh, we have family members with needs. You know, when my children wake up at night and they need me, I don't just say, no, I'm listening to my intrinsic value and I'm going to do what I need to do. Of course, we have these external things happening to us all the time. But with things like food, I believe that should be an intrinsic fulcrum of control. Now, the thing that helps you with this, and these are some questions I've got for you now. So if you're running, if, you, if you're baking some keto bread, if you're driving the car, whatever it is, just want you to think about this. And if you're able to write these down, maybe that might help you. But if not, don't worry. If intrinsic choices are about choosing what you want, it's not a bad idea to think what is it you want and what is your goal. Now, these terms goals, I find they can be a little bit too vacuous sometimes. So I'm just going to break down what I mean by goal. Firstly, um, I suggest, these are just my own words here, I suggest many of us probably use the term goal when they mean the word vision. So I'll give an example, I think, of what a vision could be. Uh, a vision might be to lose weight. A vision might be to manage your diabetes. A vision might be to fit into your bride dress in your wedding in June. Uh, a vision might be that you want to be able to like live a longer, healthier life. A vision might be you want to play football with your grandchildren. Uh, a vision might be, oh, there be so many visions. These are the big picture thinking ideas, the things you're trying to strive and get to. But I don't personally believe that's a goal. And when I say goal, what I mean instead is something that's quantifiable and it has a time limit. So uh, when I was a teacher, if you said to somebody, uh, you know, work hard, you'll get your A-level, um, your A at A-level, your 9 at GCSE, that's all very well at the beginning of year 10 or the beginning of year 12, but it's two years away to get into the exams, let alone the results. So that is just too big. That's a vision, in my opinion. What a goal would be then, okay, so let's break that down to tiny little steps in time um, periods that make that achievable. And actually the vision will happen because it's made up of the, some of those tiny little goal parts. So for instance, I think to say you want to lose weight is a great vision to have. Um, so let's just focus on that one. For me, that's something I want to do. So that's that's why I'm going to relate to this one the most. I don't have diabetes. Not that I know. I don't think so. Um, I'm, no, I say that. I'm pretty sure I don't. But anyway, I want to lose weight though. So in my case, to say I want to lose weight will motivate me for 3.4 days. Okay. Um, you know, I want to lose weight. That's why I'm doing this. I, mean, I want to lose weight. That's why I'm doing this. Great. That's a vision. And it's not a bad idea to always have that in the back of your mind. But the goal, I think, has to be just these little steps that keep me on track so for me, a goal would be today for this period from when I wake up to when I go to sleep, I'm going to have my meal, for instance, my last meal at 6 p.m. You know, that could be a goal. A goal for today will be I will make choices that are low carb. And that means I'm going to eat, I don't know, a burger with some cheese in the evening meal. I'm going to have some uh, eggs in the morning with some cheese or something, whatever it might be. I'm going to make sure that's my goal. Tomorrow is another set of goals, another set of challenges. I'm not even going to think about that. I'm not going to think about yesterday either, because you know what? That's just going to trip me up as well, because I might start thinking, even if I've done really well up to now, I might start thinking, yeah, but you've done well up to now. So what's wrong with the next meal? Or maybe I might even think about tomorrow and think, well, I can always restart tomorrow. No, no, I'm going to have to decide now. And if you think about the biscuit situation, I should have fulfilled my goals then. Now, it was a surprise. I didn't know it was going to happen. It just happened in front of me. And I'll come on to how to deal with that in a minute. 
But in terms of the goals for the day, I should have been thinking, right, what does I want to eat today? What does I want to do today? What is it I'm going to achieve? Okay. And it's going to be in a period of a day. It might be for you, you need to do it over an hour. Sometimes the temptation is really great, right? And you might need to say, right, for this next two two hour period, my goal is to achieve X, which is not eat popcorn at the cinema. Okay. So it could be whatever it is going to be, those little goals. The vision, like losing weight, I don't think is enough to keep you on track because we as humans are so poor at understanding time management. We really are like most of us can't really see uh, what a month from now will look like in our minds. It's really hard to imagine that. Um, how do you see the year, for instance? Like in my head, I've got this big cycle that I'm on and I kind of see different parts of the circle. I've always had it since I was a child and which part of the year I'm in. And I look at August from where I am now across like the circle. and I'm like, that's a different lifetime away. I can't imagine that's going to come around so soon. I know it always does and it surprises me, but I can't imagine me getting to being the weight I want to be by then. Whereas what I can do is today on Friday, the 10th of February, 2023, I can kind of pledge that I'm not going to let bread enter into my mouth. That's it. Maybe that's all I need to do today. Maybe for you, it's a case of I'm going to have one coffee fewer um, or I'm going to change. And today's my goal is going to be I'm not going to have milk in my coffee. You know, it, it could be a big, small, whatever it is. These things, I think, are so personal and they have to be owned by you because it's going to help you but it's also what you are focusing on to help you do the first step and do it one step at a time you know it's the whole eating an elephant thing isn't it um and and, you know it's impossible to do but little bites at a time get it done there's nothing new there is there but I feel like that's just how it works for me and I follow my face all the time but yeah again if you want to reflect on this Please go to the Facebook group uh, UK Low Carb and leave your comments. Now, I did say I was going to reflect on um, the situation where I was sort of ambushed by biscuits and uh, cheese. Oh, what a victim I am. And there's a little hack which uh, I'm trying and it has worked actually really well for me. Okay, so this hack is the two minute rule. Um, something I've heard somewhere, I can't remember where. Um, about something else actually that was about um, how to just beat procrastination they said for two minutes you have to do the task you're putting off and after that you can stop but just you have to give it two minutes and I think that stopping and slowing down is really important not just actually in low carb I think this decision making running a business I've realized that actually slowing things down not making decisions on the hoof is a really good idea anyway and actually to receive information reflect and then decide well, I feel like with food, the, the chimp part of my brain is a very quick reacting part um, for good reason. There's evolutionary reasons why you need to have a chimp that literally will just run into uh, a safer situation than what it's in at the moment because it realises that something bad's going to happen. It's a natural evolutionary thing. The ancestors of ours who you know didn't cry and get scared when the saber-toothed tiger turned up, well, guess what? They never had. They never had descendants. They never had um, their own children because they got eaten as babies. Whereas ours, on the other hand, would be screaming their heads off, and they had very strong reactions to danger or to whatever. And we have that now. We have these quick reactions to uh, urges. 
So one of the urges we have, of course, is food. So, you know, I smelt Burger King when I was, I was doing really, really well. I just walked past a Burger King and my head, without me really deciding it, I was suddenly found my head turning to the left and I was staring at Burger King, walking, looking at it, kept looking at it as I was walking in the other direction, getting that smell, thinking, I'll just go and have a Burger King right now. And I, and I didn't. I'm really pleased I didn't because that would be in a spiral moment. Um, but the, the biscuit situation, you know, I just went for it. I just had the biscuits in front of me. The temptation was there. Bang, I got it. If you can slow that down a little bit with a two minutes, and I mean literally go and set your alarm for two minutes on your phone or your watch or whatever. And if you put it off for two minutes, you've got a chance then for your human part of your brain to kind of have the logic come back. Now, I'm not saying this is foolproof. At the end of two minutes, you're an individual. You decide what's right for you. Obviously, I'm not going to preach on that. That's completely your decision. But for me, it helps because it just slows things down that much that I can just think, oh, do, I, do I want that? And when you have the urge to eat food, you're not thinking this is a spiral moment. You're thinking, I want that in my mouth now. So the actual two minutes just gives you that little bit of pause just to let the human come in. And two minutes is a long time. You describe two minutes as I'll be there in two minutes as nothing. But really, two minutes of sitting with a feeling and let it process a little bit is a long time for your brain. And it does, does help. Well, it helps me anyway. So there you go. So that's uh, started with Sarah's comment. Thank you, Sarah. And um, it's lovely that you're in the group and you're contributing. And also lovely to see that, you know, your keto journey is going so well. I'm really pleased for you. I'm really proud of you. Well done. Um, I want to hear from more of you, though, because we're on this journey together. There's none of us uh, who've got all the answers. And you know what as well? There's another post, which I won't refer to who they are because they haven't given permission, with somebody who's been doing keto for a lot longer who's struggling. And I think that's really important to notice. There's nobody, you know, don't look at anyone and think, oh, they've done it for years. They've got all the answers. We're a human. You know, yes, they maybe had the answers previously, but now things aren't working that way because their extrinsic environment has changed and they're feeling the pressure for whatever reason. Or maybe something's happened to them internally and they just don't feel that way and they're, they're struggling. So we are all on the journey together. None of us is, well, we are Superman in a way or Superwoman because kryptonite is our weakness. We all have something that's like a flaw for us. And I think it's important to reflect on. So that is my um, musings this evening. Um, well, you'll be hearing it obviously in the morning. It's now 20 to 1, mental time. I should have gone to bed before now. Uh, I will talk about sleep next week because um, it seems poignant really that I'm going to bed at 20 to 1. I'm going to have to get the kids up early in the morning. It is, I think, um, probably one of the most important areas of health. And I want to break that down a bit more and some of my own experiences again. It's all my own experience. Uh, take it or leave it. Okay, everyone. Um, oh, just to let you know, we do have the restock, by the way, 8pm uh, on a Friday evening. So if you go to deliciouslyguiltfree.com, you can get your keto wraps, which have been really popular. We've got herby ones and also the keto plain wraps. Um, we're doing caramel slices again. They're really popular. Um, I can't remember the rest because it's late and I'm getting tired. But there's a whole host of flavours on there. So go check them out, uh, deliciouslyguiltfree.com. Okay, everyone, have a marvellous weekend. And um, yeah, see you in the Facebook group. And uh, if you don't see me there, then hopefully you'll hear me next week. Uh, subscribe, leave a review if you haven't already to this podcast. I always forget that stuff. Uh, right, guys, take care. Bye.